Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Balance is a funny thing, you know, we all strive for it to some degree. We need it in life to really achieve some form of mental and physical health. But it's something that we really take for granted. I think that a lot of times when we're going through our everyday day to day, balance isn't really on our mind. It's totally fine. It's kind of part of what being human is all about. But then you speak to someone like Janae Aiko, who has been through a lot of ups and downs, and I guess to some degree, based on the conversation you're about to listen to, has gotten to a point where she realizes that this inconsistency throughout her life is always going to be there unless she strives for balance. She's got her techniques and she's putting them into practice, not just in her personal life, but also through her music. Her latest album, Shalombo, was created really through the practice of balance from going out to Hawaii, a place where she has family and where the energy is so tangible, right through to the kind of people that she made the record with, how she approached the writing of it, moving through the subliminal state of mind in order to mine deeper inside to pull things out that perhaps weren't rising to the surface. It's all laid out in this conversation. Janae Aika reminded me actually when we caught up for this conversation that the last time we attempted to have a conversation, it was the Beats One Studios a few years back. And for one reason or another, and I can't even remember why, she had to leave early. She had to up and leave midway through the conversation something important had come up and it was cool we put a pin in it this is where we pull that pin out we get into it myself and Janae Aiko searching for balance right here on the interview series this song oh my god <laughs> <laughs> thank you oh this song when it came out and the craziest thing about this is that I knew the interlude and then you lulled me in with this song and then I really listened like I just sank into the groove in the performance first and I was like, oh, this is unbelievable. And then I really listened and I figured out what you were really Thank saying. You. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. Janae, that is a special one. And that is just an embellishment of an album full of special <laughs> ones. Congratulations. What a remarkable 12 months you've had. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I thought Chalombo was a stunning body of work. I love the way that you made it. I, I'd love to sort of talk a little bit about that. and But but obviously that album just continues to grow. Isn't it funny how music finds an audience and lives a life all on its own? It is. It is. I love that. I love that people are still discovering it. And, you know, I'm still discovering music from back, back in the day. So I love that. Yeah, for sure. And when you made it, you were discovering it in real time. You know, it sounds very much from what you've said that you were tapping into the subconscious and the spirituality of making music, which is, it happens at times, but we we create barriers a lot of the time to stop it from happening because we're trying to control the experience. Mm -hmm. It just sounds to me like Mm -hmm. you just let go. Is that the best way to describe the making of the record? For sure. Let go and surrendered to just everything I was feeling. And I just wanted to, and I guess this is always what I'm trying to do is just make music that I want to listen to, you know, and not worry about what is happening on the radio or trendy, you know, and, uh, the law of least effort I learned from Deepak Chopra in the seven spiritual laws of success. It's a book, great book. Everyone should read it. But the law of least effort really stuck with me because it really is just about letting go and trusting, you know, just trusting the universe, trusting God, trusting that it's all happening how it's supposed to happen. And so, yeah, with the music, we really approached it like that. Like, let's not try too hard. You know what I mean? Let's not like overthink anything. You know, often we come to that realization at a moment when we're at our one some of our lowest points. I often refer to these books and these 
these kind of manuals for life, you know, when I need them. I don't often voluntarily mm. take myself there. I search for some kind of space. I need it. And I'm most open to it and receptive to it because I don't have anything. I've got no, I've got no better answers. Yeah. <laughs> was it sort of like that for you too when you sort of entered into this process? I only asked because the record sounds so free. I wondered if you only get to a place where you get to let go like that when you ain't got a choice. Yeah, I definitely was in that space. And writing, even just poetry, you know, writing for me has always been my when I'm in that really low place or dark place, it's like my escape from that and just creating, you know, I start to create a space, you know, a safe space to feel and express myself. Yeah. Like you said, it's when you really have no choice, you know, and unfortunately that is when I feel like I work the best is when I'm just, you know, in deep in my feelings and they're not necessarily feelings that I want to stay in. So I create and there's some type of freedom in that. I feel like I do feel free when I'm in that space, because like you said, there's no, I have no other choice, but to just let it all out and create. (laughs) Escapism is a word that springs to mind on this record too. You know, for for me as a listener, for us as fans, it provides us with the sonic and the sound design, this escapism, the space to go that's not here right now. It's mm. a totally different place. But it's also was literal for you. You know, I'm a big, big believer in the energy shift that happens when you touch down in any of the of, of the ancient islands of Hawaii. I mean, Kauai for me is like mm-hmm. you have to drag me kicking and screaming off that <laughs> island and send me back to LA. And and you went out to the big island, you spent time recording out there and I just love the idea of just being tucked away in a space that no one could touch you and reach you. And yet you had just all the energy you needed around you. What was it like recording and making music out there? Uh, First of all, the big Island is my favorite. And my great grandmother was born there and her mother was born there in Hilo. They're Japanese, um, Hawaiian born. So I have some roots, you know, in Hawaii and I've just, I feel like because of the volcanic activity, because there's such new land there, you know, it's literally new land. If you feel that, you feel this sense of hope, you know, growth, evolution. And it's just so, it's it's peaceful, obviously. But after I learned that my great-grandmother was born there, I really understood why I felt so connected to Hilo to specifically and to to the big island. And I think this whole process of creating this album, it wasn't really about escaping so much, but it was, I kind of escaped to my inner self. You know what I mean? I kind of escaped to my inner space instead of like looking outside of myself. I started to really look within myself and dig deeper into my roots. But to do that, you need all the help you can get. Like that's not something that you can oh, do yeah. sitting in a living oh, yeah. room in a house that you constantly either had good times or bad times where breakfast is yeah. eaten and dinner is eaten. If you <laughs> want to go there, you you need all the help you can get to go there, right? Mm-hmm, and, and you have to mm-hmm, trust mm-hmm. the process that you're going to find a place that's going to help you get there. You were just dialed in, huh? Something was just leading you. You know, I was going through a lot. I have went through a lot. Even like those those two years, because I would say all in all, it took a good two years from even just like 
formulating some of the concepts to the songs to actually starting to write them when, even when I was doing the freestyles. And then when we took them back to LA and kind of like, you know, fixed up everything, it was a good solid two year process. And within those two years, a lot happened, you know, a lot of inner work happened, a lot of, um, you know, just craziness, you know, life as you get older, it's just, it doesn't get easier. You know, I think that the goal is that we just get stronger and we can adjust and adapt more to all of the challenges that are thrown at us. And well, if you, if you're clear of mind, I mean, so often, so often we try to deal with these situations with coping mechanisms, anxiety inducing mm-hmm. addictions, exactly distractions. We lean into the more self-destructive side of our personality because it's something we can actually control at a time when things right. are most right. out of control, you know, and, and, and I can imagine that it would have taken a lot of sort of internal courage to actually f- lean into the experience rather than try to dull yeah. yourself. So I feel like in the very beginning, um, I was definitely trying to dull myself and run away from it and just kind of, you know, and escape. And when I hit that, the lowest point, that was when I had no choice, but to really, really get my shit together and figure out all the things that I read and the meditations and everything that I practice. I feel like when life throws a challenge at you, that is your opportunity to really practice those things that you're learning, yeah. you know, and really practice those skills that you've been developing. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I have a 12 year old daughter who I am responsible for, you know, I have a career that I'm responsible for. I have a life that I'm responsible for. And so I had no choice but to do the more productive thing, you know? Um, And so that's when I really dug into myself and just started to just allow myself to feel everything that I was feeling rather than run away from those feelings, sit with the feelings, understand the feelings, create art with those feelings, you know, and then let them just pass, even though some of them were really, you know, hard, but it's like you, that's life. You know, you're not alive if you're not feeling. When I got to that point, everything just felt so easy, you know, and it was the law of least effort. It was just like, okay, just let it, let it happen. Let it happen. I mean, you just beautifully summed up a lot of work. (laughs) That, I mean, you just gave us the most beautiful, you put a ribbon on something that takes so much, <laughs> so much work, you know, but then you come to the other side of it and you listen to the music that you made. And I can imagine that the euphoria you were feeling and the sense of freedom that you felt was like nothing you've ever felt before. Right. Because you captured that. And it's, it's like all those things that were holding on to you. They, they, they don't control you anymore. Right. Like that's the point. Right. 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 And I think too, it's about accepting the dark stuff or the yeah, stuff yeah, that's considered yeah. dark or negative, not um, accepting it as just another thing and not dark or negative. You know what I mean? Even the, the dark parts of myself and the things that, you know, I would like be really hard on myself about. It's just like, like I said, just letting it be, letting it happen. You know, life is just like a roller coaster. It's an ocean. There's waves, there's, you know, ups and downs. And I think, the process of making Chalumbo helped me really start to enjoy life more throughout all of the, you know, 
Because I feel like that was always like a concept in my mind, like enjoy life, everything, you know, everything happens for a reason. Like you tell all yourself, these, yeah, yeah, you tell yourself. You tell yourself these things, but then when something happens, you completely are just like, ah. Yeah, like, totally. It's like all of the, <laughs> you fall apart because you, yeah. you don't have the tools. Like that's the thing. You have, right, right. You right. summed it up beautifully when you said before that, you know, when you do the meditation and you, and you go into a space where you're actually doing the work, you think, oh, this is the work. It's not, it's the preparation. It only becomes, you're only ready when you have to use it. It's like, oh, all that work led to something. Exactly. And like I said, at that, at, at this point in my life, I feel like I have no choice but to do the work, you know, and, and use the tools that I have been preparing, you know, for these moments, because I have a long history of doing things that were detrimental to my well-being. And so, you know, I just, I'm just too wise. I've, I've grown up, you know, and I, I can't, I can't go backwards. Sometimes I'll go backwards just to, you That's know. okay. Happens. We will do. Just so, you know. <laughs> Absol says that in, in one way street, he says, I had to learn to backtrack before I could move forward. And you know, you, you do have to do that. Obviously it's like you give a little, you it's a dance. It's a yin and yang at all times within yourself and within the universe. Exactly. And balance. Can, total exactly. balance, balance. And that's what this album has is so much balance. I'm just really grateful like that you put it into the music, you know, because, <laughs> because it would have been amazing for you to go through that personally. And we wouldn't even, you know, outside of your close family and friends and the people you're in relationships with in whatever capacity, we would have been none the wiser. Yeah. But you actually were able to share it with everybody and show people that there is actually, you know, there's a document now that shows it that we can apply to our own mm -hmm. life. You even put it into the music itself, you know, by using the healing bowls and bringing that in. And that must have been really amazing yeah. to hear that sound come to life and realize that it's more than just a personal experience. It's actually a gift now, that sound, mm -hmm. to us. Thank you. What was it like recording them? Because they're not easy things to actually harness. It's supposed to be something that you experience in the moment in a tactile way. Yeah, for sure. So that's how I started with the bowls. I used them personally for myself. And then around the time I was recording Trip, I came to the realization that real instruments, you, you feel them more. They actually resonate with you more than, you know, computer sounds, at least for me. I feel like I'm very sensitive to everything, light, sound, um, everything. So a lot of the times the computer sounds kind of like, they kind of like, they kind of like confuse me. And so the natural sounds just have always just felt better for me. So I'm like, like I told you earlier, I want to make music that I want to listen to. And so with the bowls for Chilumbo, I decided all of the tracks would have these crystal alchemy bowls, which are main, mainly made of quartz. And then they're also in uh, made with other crystals like infused with like rubies and some of them are infused with platinum and diamond and so they're very special bowls they're very beautiful <laughs> they're like my favorite thing recording them so I made sure to get you know people that are that were familiar with sound bowls and recording them because like you said they are something that you're supposed to actually be in front of you know so you could feel the true vibration and so I got you know special mics for them I, t I take it really serious because to me it's a sacred practice you know it's a sacred practice it's not 
just, oh, these sound beautiful. No, you could otherwise you just go and you get a sample CD of bowls being played and you put it's, it's not, it's not right. the same. Right. It's not gonna have the same effect. Exactly. And there I learned, you know, the different technique to um when I wanted them to be louder, I have to play them a certain way because uh, with each track, they, they were the last thing added to each track. Oh, that must have been so amazing to know that you have these songs like laid out, the structure's done, the performance is great, you're happy, and now yeah. you just get to bring these things that just give you so much peace mm -hmm. and apply them almost like a like a sprinkle of something delicious on top of it. Like it's yeah. just yeah. When I I played them down, each song I played down. So some of them have multiple bowls, some of them just have one. And yeah, I've really learned that there was, it wasn't as simple as, oh, let me just, you know, swirl this bowl the whole time. It was like, you know, when the music, when certain, when certain instruments would come in, maybe this part, the bowl needs to come down or it needs to get louder, or maybe I need to strike another bowl. Maybe I just need to tap it or maybe I need to. So it was, it was, I, I was like, you know what, this is my instrument. I've always wanted to play an instrument. And now I found an instrument that, <laughs> that is Mine. <laughs> Not just yours. I can't think of anyone else I've ever interviewed who knows how to play who play these kind of like, you know, uh, these bowls that are that are there for holistic purposes. I think it's amazing. I think, you know, it's the kind of thing, man, it's a hell of a solo in the live show, Janae. I'll give you that. It's it's my favorite thing and singing with the bowls, just me and the bowls, I feel like they carry my voice just like perfectly. And I get confused sometimes when there's too many sounds going on when I'm trying to sing because I don't know why but when I'm singing with the bowls I, it just feels like freedom it just feels like everything is just like flowing out of me and they make me so happy when I play them because I not only is it am I giving the sound out like I'm also receiving yeah. it you know and so it's just like this uh, it just feels good I don't know <laughs> there's some incredible honesty on this record as well on this album you know and there's moments where you bring people who are close to you in and you and clearly encourage them to do the same thing and it's one thing for you to be mm -hmm. ready and prepared to say look I'm going to live my life and and I'm not going to be scared of other people's preconceptions of who I am or boundaries they want to put up in front of me or it's yeah. another thing to bring those that are close to you in your life you know I've always had really wonderful conversations with Sean. I've always felt he was a deep human, a special human. But I feel like his last mm -hmm. album, he almost got to the place. Yeah, he got to his own place in a way that where you got to with yours, where his album was yeah. just this sense of freedom and space. And I've, I've always wanted to ask you because I've always really respected your privacy here, but you guys are such great artists. I've always wanted to ask you, you know, if there was a mutual nurturing there to allow him to open up and to, and to accept himself as well because – you know, what a journey he's been on. That album is phenomenal and how that experience was. Yeah. I think that even when me and Sean are not in front of each other, you know, we, we have such a similar path. You know, we, we definitely encourage each other to stay in our practice. And, we, you know, we read to each other. We read books out loud to each other. Um, and maybe if I'm not reading a book at the time and he's reading a book at a, at a time, he'll tell me about it or and vice versa. And I just feel like, especially during this time of when we were both creating our albums, we're the same age, you know, we're, we'll both be 33 in March. And so, you know, we're, we're, like I said, we're on the same like path. It feels like, you know, we're, and it seems like it's just kind of like what we're going through in our thirties at the same time, but because we're so close, we're constantly discussing it with each other and giving 
each other advice on like what's helping us get through this particular thing and reminding each other, oh, well, remember what happened, you know, what they said in this book. And um, yeah, so it's just a constant exchange of ideas. Love that. And, Especially um, in this industry. I mean, you know, you can't help who, who you who you have relationships with, friendships with, who you fall in love with. You can't help, right? You just, you just are attracted to people who you're not. You find yourself looking for inspiration from other human beings. It's a human right. Yeah. And, but you can't, yeah. you can't prepare for the industry or all this kind of fame and success to try to sort of, it's cloudy and it's murky and it's not there for purity. It's there for commerce. And, it, and, and it's great to feed the Thanks. ego and feed the ambitions. And man, that's a big part of being a young artist and wanting to prove something to someone. But at the end of the day, when you start getting into your thirties, you start figuring out what's important. Right. And I guess that's to some degree, yeah. what you guys have done is figured out like, this is our way through all that. Like when all that's gone, we'll have this. For sure. Yeah. We have a great friendship. And like I said, we are growing up together and we're, you know, not afraid to just, like I said, share ideas and to learn, you know what I mean? We love reading. We love reading. And I think that's really important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like one of my favorite things that we do together is like, we'll literally just like, like we're in school, just like take turns. Like, okay, you read this chapter, you read this chapter. And then we'll talk about, you know, what that means to us. And, you know, then something will come up later on where we can apply it and we'll like remind each other about, you know, what something that we read and just constantly, you know, very in- invested in learning and evolving and just moving forward to our, our highest self. So, yeah. I wish that I had that opportunity. I've been married 21 years. If I tried to read with my <laughs> wife, if I tried to read with my wife, she'd be like, dude, you've been on the same page for 10 minutes. Can you have <laughs> You know, you mentioned you've got a 12-year-old daughter. I have a 12-year-old son. Oh, wow. You know, it's hard being a teenager, not just in quarantine, by the way, extra double hard. I mean, immeasurably hard being a teenager in quarantine. I mean, for everybody, but being a kid at that age when the world's opening up for you for the first time and you can't go and experience it, really tough. Um, But I I think it's really hard to be a teenager now. I think there's a there's a lot oh, yeah. of pressure. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of social pressure. And there's a lot of news all the time telling you that your future is really bleak. Um, mm. How do you find being a mother of a, of a child be- becoming a teenager now at this point when your job is to take a look at the world and observe and, and translate into art, but you don't like what you see? You know, me and my daughter are super close. And one thing that I really appreciate about this time is getting to be with her all the time and having her with me so that we can have those discussions, you know, and, and so I can tap into how she feels about, you know, what's going on or just, you know, school and friends and all of that. I think that it's really important for her to see me enjoy life. I, th- I think one thing that I learned from my mom, because my mom was never the type that would sit us down and like say, you know, give us rules or lessons. You know, it was always by example. And we went through some tough stuff. You know, when I was in the third grade, our whole house burned down. We had to live in a hotel for, you know, a few months, even throughout my brother's death. Just seeing how she responded to life with such grace and patience inspired me to look at life differently, even when things were seemed bleak, 
she always made life seem magical no matter what, you know? And so by example, she's taught me to be like that with my daughter, you know, turn anything into fun, turn anything into adventure. I, I just realized the other day when, when you're anxious about something, you could turn that energy into excitement. When you're worried about something, you can look at it more of, this is exciting. You know, this is something that I have no idea what's going to happen. But instead of it being like scary, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's something to, to look forward to actually. And, um, we, me and her just have a lot of fun together. Now she's, she's, she's teaching me about all the anime. She's teaching me about all the new games, um, all the streamers, you know, all the, the Twitch and the, you know, YouTubers and all of that. And so I don't see a lot of negative. And when I do, you know, we just have real discussions about it. Like when the protests and stuff were happening, I just sat down with her and and asked her, how does she feel? You know, how does she feel about it? And does she want to go protest or does she, you know, has she ever experienced racism in school? You know, we, we really just got to dig into it. And I feel like if I was on tour, you know, which I was supposed to be at that time, I wouldn't have been able to really connect with her in that way. And she's, you know, like you said, being a teenager right now is, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. And I can't even compare it to when I was that age because these weren't the same things that were going on, you know? It's just to me about just really spending time with her and having these open discussions and having fun and also just letting her be herself and have her own opinions. Totally. No, it's beautiful. I mean, I love the fact that, you know, what you said in particular about the idea of turning anxiety into turning the fear of the, because right. By definition, anxiety is trying to control an outcome that you can't control. Mm -hmm. I want to know everything's going to be okay tomorrow. Well, you don't. So the only option you have is to freak out about it. (laughs) You know, that's that's kind (laughs) of it, right? And, and, and so, you know, if you, if you're in a situation where you're able to turn around and say, look, I, I think the fear of the unknown tomorrow is actually not a fear. It's like an anticipation and it's an excitement. Where does that lead you on, a, on your creative journey? Because mm-hmm. if you go to Hawaii with a, a desire to find some place of tranquility, even in the chaos, right? Turn the chaos into mm-hmm. tranquility, translate that. You come back with all these life lessons like, okay, I kind of figured out path of least resistance, path of least effort. Where does that lead you going forward on a creative level? It leads me to first to recognize that every place is sacred space. You don't have to go to Hawaii. You don't have to go to a mountaintop because when you're in the moment somewhere and you're really taking it in and you're not worried or anxious or even excited you know what I mean you're literally just there and that stays with you forever you know what I mean you you realize or it's something that I realize is this is within me you know what I mean because you could take someone that's really anxious or you know you can take someone that's worried about something to a beautiful place and they're not there because they're work you know there there's so much going on and so I feel like for me, it really is just about staying grounded in the moment, anchored in the moment. That's how everything just comes to me. That's how I've learned that when you take care of the moment, everything gets done. You know, the 
you set yourself free from the past and you're not worried or concerned about the future because you're taking such care of right here and right now that every step that you're taking is so careful and precious to you. You know that you're, you're laying out your path as you're living it. You know what I mean? Like, and you're attracting the future that you want, that you don't even know that you want, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're just attracting Cause you're just so there, you know what I mean. I don't know. I don't know how to. Ex- no, you're right. No, you're right. You you you've broken the loop. Otherwise, it's a loop, you know, that we can all get caught up in between mm-hmm. our fears of the past and our fears of an unknown future, and that's just a loop of constant, a constant circle, right? And yeah, to 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 get into the present moment is to open yourself up to the next present moment and the next one after that in a way that is at mm-hmm. is at its most mm-hmm. pure. It's a practice. It is a practice. I mean, it is something you definitely have to practice. It's a martial art is what it is. I mean, it requires so much (laughs) discipline. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say with, with each, each song is a moment that I was feeling this way in that moment. And I expressed it in that moment to where even sometimes it's hard for me to sing, keep re-singing a song. You know, if it's like, this is your single and you're going to like go perform this here, here and here. And it's like, that's the ultimate loop. It's literally just a loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, for me, you know, a lot of my songs are so personal and they're just like, they were that moment that I released, you know what I mean? And I'm kind of like, you know, it happened. So that's how, that's where I find my, you know, my create, my creative flow is just expressing those moments. Cause life is moments. It's just moments. So I'll never be, not until I'm dead. You know what I mean? I always have material. I always have a, a need to create because I just like to create art out of these moments. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel now free of the, of that expectation that comes with being a young artist and the desire to prove yourself because you've made this album, which is just so in the moment. And now you've been nominated for six Grammys. Everyone loves it. It's been quote unquote a success, Mm -hmm according to temporary constructs, these things aren't real. They're just made to fill space and time. I'm here for it. I love it. I love the Grammys, (laughs) but it's here to fill space and time, right? Because it's got to be filled with something. Mm -hmm. So proud of that. I'm sure you are. You should be. Congratulations. But do you sort of feel free of it all, not just focusing on one award or not, just the whole thing that was kind of there to, you know, the original architecture that you were pulled into? Yeah. I feel like I gave birth and when I gave birth to my daughter, it was just like a relief. You know, you're, you're going through that, the whole nine months of like, you're excited, you're anxious, you're like a little worried, you, you know, all these, you're sick, you're, you feel the best you've ever felt in your life, the healthiest people, everyone's nice to you. Now you're super emotional. Like all of those things literally take place when you're making an album, you know? And then when you put it out, you just are just like literally down to crunch time. That's when that you're having the contractions and you're just like, what in the world? It like, what's going on? You, you don't even know what's going on. And then you, your final push and you have the baby and everything just, feels like calm and like I said it's just the biggest relief ever and that's how it felt when I put out Chalumbo it just felt like okay and I was I just I felt empty but in the best way possible just like 
empty, you know? And there was a, a period of time when I felt like, oh my God, what am I going to do next? Because I just feel like I just literally gave everything I had to give. But then life keeps going on. And then well, you have just- all the space. If you're empty, you have all this space. And then the question is, what am I going to fill it with? Am I going to fill it with the temporary constructs that used to motivate me before? Or am I going to stay in this place? Yes, 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 yes. And that is when the practice is really important because, yeah, empty. And it's easy, you know, like in this business to start filling it with the wrong things or to start letting your ego come in and say, oh, look, look at what you did. Wow, you're so great. You're so amazing. That's a word. That's a fascinating word, ego. Wow. For me, you know, life has always humbled me immediately. When I get the an inkling of, oh, look what I did. Okay. Right. Something immediately happens to where I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like this is, you know, you need to relax. Like <laughs> you need to relax. So yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely felt relieved. I was proud. Me and my team of all the musicians that I worked with, everyone, the engineers. I was really like, we were I was having everyone read the same things and like we were just so on the same frequency when we were creating the music and even the visuals, like everything. Everyone was in Hawaii. You know, I had my family come out at a certain point. And we, it was just like this feeling of just, uh, I don't even know. It was, it was such a healing experience for all of us. Yeah. Just an entirely holistic experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we, we separated the trips into two and the second half Nipsey had just passed. And so when we all came back together, it was such a heavy, heavy feeling and we just created through, through that. Yeah, it was just a healing experience for everyone, for sure. When you do the work and you put yourself into a situation where you open yourself up to life's real gifts, you have to acknowledge part of the process is you have to acknowledge is that there's going to be an opposite reaction to the reaction that you're having, right? So you fill Mm -hmm, yourself mm -hmm. full of life and then someone really, really precious loses Mm -hmm. theirs. And... Mm -hmm. I think that that is just a part of life that we'll never truly understand, isn't it? Isn't that just the ultimate mystery of it, how and why? Yeah. I think that um, something I've learned is that to not look at it like that, like first we're nothing and then we're something and then we go back to nothing. I think that is all when you look at how a flower grows or how a tree grows you and you see the the process, how it just keeps evolving. and something becomes food and then that thing grows and then that dies and becomes food. And then that, you know, it goes into the atmosphere and becomes something else. And you just see this constant, like I said, it's a life is like a dance. And the more that I am truly present, the more I can see that. And I have also started to realize that that emptiness, that feeling of emptiness is really <laughs> not to try to sound like deep or anything, but <laughs> we're way beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that feeling of, of being empty is, is wholeness. It feels like just my dad always talks about the quantum, the quantum field and the quantum consciousness where you become 
so expansive that you are all, you know, and you're the way that you're thinking, the way that you're moving is so free because you know that you are indestructible. You know what I mean? You know that energy is only transformed. And so when you, the, the way that you think, the way that you speak, the way that you live, like everything is just so free. I don't know. It's really, you know, it's, it's exciting to me. Even the, even the heavy stuff, even the heavy stuff that we go through in life. It's weird because it's just like, I feel like it's just an honor to be able to feel those things. You know what I mean? And then to like understand those feelings and not become those feelings and then just be grateful, you know, just yeah. be in gratitude for, for all of it. Does it change your outlook on, on life as a whole in terms of mortality, which by the way, is the one thing that we constantly are told, you know, is that you, is that you, is that there's a timeline. You're on a timeline from the second you're born, you're on a timeline and time becomes the most important thing. And if, and what are you going to do? Think about it. What are you going to do with your time? You're wasting time. Yeah. It's time, 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 the whole time. Uh, uh, anyone that knows me knows that I create my own time. <laughs> I'm definitely mean? on my own time, right. uh, on my own time. I do things as I feel. I hate being rushed. I hate, I feel like, you know, obviously I like to be considerate of other people, what other people have going on, but I feel like everyone is really on their own time, you know? And yeah, to me, the whole concept of time is a little weird as far as, like you said, like the timeline where it's like this happens and then this happens and then this happens. It's like, there's so much room in between for it to go. And we never look at it. We never look at the space in between because we're just working according to these, these things that are put in front of us, like meeting, bedtime, dinner, fight, makeup, stress, don't stress. All of them mm-hmm. are attached to some mm-hmm. kind of moment of time, mm-hmm. but there's all this space mm-hmm. in between, right? Emptiness, as you put it. And that's where I like to exist is in that space in between. That's where I like to, that's where I'm most alive for sure. Cause you know when who, it's like, yeah. Hey, you have to be here at this time. I'm like, <laughs> do you know who else yeah. I've met? There are very few artists I've met in my life who, who are on this path who seem to want to exist in between the space. And Frank is definitely one. Like my really? experience of meeting and, and, and working with Frank on a professional level and also the few times I've met him is that he doesn't really think about time. It's just not yeah. his thing unless yeah. it applies to him. Um, right, right, right. I've only met him once. I'm a big fan, a big fan of Frank. Um, I met him once. And you didn't get to obviously like get to know him like that, but I mean, I can, I can hear it in the music, you know, just the level of creativity. You have to go to that place, you know? Was Blonde an an inspiration? Well, I mean, it's an inspiration full stop (sighs) in life. I mean, I, I've listened to that album more than any other album in my life now, which is crazy to think that when it's only four years old, three or four years old. Everyone pretty much got tired of me playing Blonde. Um, and I'm always like really late on stuff. Like I didn't listen to it when it came out because I was probably working on an album or something. But during the car rides, like, we would listen to the songs we were working on. We would listen to Billie Holiday and we would listen to Blonde. And I was just like, this is so good. Like, do you hear that? Do you see like there's, you know, it's just, just everything just feels so good about Blonde. It's like, it's definitely like 
one of my all-time favorites. He dances around this ambiguity, this beautiful ambiguity. When all of us are so keen to show everything about ourselves now and put it all on social media, he just like loves to not. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I've been learning that just as I, you know, in my 30s, being that I'm in my 30s, um, I was around for like, I don't know if you're familiar with Black Planet, but that was a that was a social media site. And then, um, you know, MySpace, obviously, even with like AOL, like the AIM, like away messages like that was or Yahoo chat room, stuff like that. I was in I was in all of those, you know, blog spot and all that. And just at a certain point, I realized I was giving so much of myself and not not keeping anything for myself. Or getting anything in return, really. That's the other thing. You're not even getting it exactly, back. Exactly. Exactly. Not getting it back. And just like as soon as I would have an aha moment, it was like, oh, let me share this. Instead of like, let me sit with this. Let me digest this. Let me really understand this. And so definitely within the last couple of years, I've been more, even, even with my music, it's like I want to express things creatively and not always be like, Hey, this is what happened to me in my last relationship. Let me tell you. Cause you know, like songs like comfort in ending, I like literally just like, let me tell you the whole story of what happened. And it's one of my favorite songs, but I feel like, I just feel like I'm in a more of a creative space right now, especially after Chalumbo. Now that I have this sense of like emptiness and wholeness, I feel like creating a new world, creating whatever I want to create, you know? What a wonderful conversation. Completely forgot anything was recording or anything was going on. Just very much locked into the conversation. And I love it when we can go deep and try and find that holistic space through art. It's great. It's why I do this interview series. If you like it, please rate that conversation. Leave a comment if you want. Subscribe for further conversations. And thanks again. Take it easy.